L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Oh my gosh, everybody. We are so excited. We have a huge announcement for you. December 17th, we have some cool stuff coming out on LAS Plus. What? Yeah, three bonus episodes. Count them. One, two, three bonus episodes, Ooh. all DM'd by Jackson Parker. Oh, I did it. It is a wonderful three-episode arc about a... Uh, journey in a place called Haramore, where we all are playing as bunny people, oh, yeah. and we are we are going to a festival called Harvest Tide, and it is a beautiful and wacky and wonderful time, and we hope you enjoy it. And if you want all three, you can go over to LAS Plus and sign up for them right now, and. You know, also, oh, you can sign up for them right now. You won't get them right now. You'll get them on December You'll 17th. You'll get them on December 17th. Right, exactly. Yep. But you know what you will get right now? You'll get all of our episodes ad-free, and you'll also get them all at one time at the beginning of the month instead of having to wait the whole month for all of them to come out each week, huh. which is kind of cool. Very nice. And you can binge them all at once, and then you have to only wait three weeks. Wait, hold on. Yes, that's yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's about the binge watching. One. It's about the binging. Binging. <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for listening, and let's go get on over to the show. Dark depths in a podcast studio located in the heart of Cedar Rapids. There were two nerds sitting in a room, sweating profusely, talking about video games. And they were me, Craig Johnson, and me, Jackson Parker. And we are so excited to welcome you to our brand new video game podcast, Gaming to the Generations. Locally produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network, every other Thursday, we'll take one game and deep dive into the past, present, and future of that IP. We'll also play fun mini-games on the show and fight to the death for our very lives! What now? And fight to the death for our very lives! Fight, fight like the, the death, 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 death? Like a, like a real... Like a very real... That was actually, that was Logan's one stipulation. It had to be real, visceral, physical death. Huh. Gaming through the generations! New episodes every other Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. To support our show and creators just like us, subscribe to LAS Plus. And for more information on that, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. Is that it? That's it. I'm getting a nod. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Should we go play Smash? I want to go play Smash. Yeah, 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 let's go play Smash. Let's go play Smash. <laughs> Hey everyone, Alan here. We're so excited to share this next leg of our journey with you. If you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. If you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with your friends, or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show your support. If you want to show us even more support, though, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com and sign up for LES Plus, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ad-free episodes, and more. And, well, I don't know if you've heard, but we do have a wonderful one-shot uh, that we've lovingly called The Bun Shot, where we all play bunnies. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, they're bunny people. Yeah, they're bunny people. people. But they are. it is DM'd by our wonderful Jackson Parker. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Thanks. And it is so cool. You should definitely, definitely, definitely check it out. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much again for sharing these precious pieces of your time with us. And without further ado, welcome to Myriad. Last time, our Myriad Myriad friends had stepped into a new world, arriving in the city of Ebonvale, a thriving city built upon the open face of a sundered mountain. Not only did they enter into unknown territory, but unknown strife as well, as Shadow, Val, 
her, Arno, Greya, and 867 spent a little bit more time getting to know each other. Well, they settled into a bit more of an uncomfortable comfort. Her discovered that her chronomantic powers seemed to be able to manipulate the reality which she perceived. At the strike of noon, events seemed to happen twice over, bringing an ominous discomfort. Valros decided to spend some time with Caius, learning that he had more in common with him than he previously thought, only to be interrupted by the tenaciously intimidating member of the Vero, Nefreya, insisting that Caius go to the Guards and retrieve what was rightfully theirs. And, after all of this, when everyone was settled into a new home that they had recently acquired through a deal with Orion, Shadow found himself kindred in heart with the plight of Arno, a man grieving for a lost friend, perhaps only truly understood by Shadow himself. This story, however, doesn't start where the last ended. This story starts with frigid cold and a long journey, perhaps one that circumstance cut short out of kindness. Shadow, wherever you are, it's cold. The wind howls in your ears. Your steps pull heavy in the thick snow. It takes you hours to get a few miles in this wasteland of snow and wet. The weight of every footstep exhausts you more and more. You're growing tired, but a single phrase keeps you moving, the one you've kept saying to yourself over and over. I've got to find you. I've got to find you. I've got to find you. Over and over. A mantra keeping you moving. Keeping your mind from falling somewhere where you don't want it to. Out there, somewhere in the dark, you hear a deep groaning sound. Followed by the slow, reverberating thrumming of giant leathery wings approaching you. You dive prone in the snow, head high enough to where you can see beyond the mountains of powder, but low enough where you are still obfuscated by its endless expanse. Your intuition to understand the situation before taking further action, but your desire to learn more is unfortunately swiftly indulged. A howling roar from above you echoes across the landscape. Icicles stab into the ground around you, whistling through the air, stabbing silently into the snow. You wince once as one pierces you through the red winter cloak into your shoulder blade. A scaled silhouette, 30 feet long, and a jagged wing wingspan beyond the grace of your vision streaks through the sleet that fogs the way in front of you. You dive under the snow, hoping that you reacted quick enough to hide you against this swooping death. You pant heavily, one, two breaths, but before you can make a third, vomit escapes your mouth, caused by an incredible and swift pull, heaving you out of the snow. A wickedly curved claw slashes through your shin. The momentum of its attack flings you off and away. Blood arcs from the gash on your leg, and bile spirals out of your mouth. You land face down in the snow as your eyes water from the snow's bitter embrace. You push up from the ground, heart pounding. You look around frantically for your hunter, trying to regain footing on one and a half working legs. You look up just in time to see the glaring snarl of a huge white dragon bearing down on you. Its bright blue eyes draw your attention first, but the thinner scales on its face are semi-translucent, allowing you to see the red arteries and blue veins beneath its skin. Atop its head is a crown of icy thorns descending into a mane of icicles vibrating with malice. The dragon's scales seem to bristle with anticipation, flaring out from its body to appear even larger as its chest expands, breathing in winds that whip by your ears. A blast of frigid breath envelops you. So cold, you feel it burn under your skin. You bring your arms up to shield your face and torso from this icy inferno, enduring it for seconds that feel like an eternity, only for them to fall like dead weights to your side. 
You try and trudge forward through the snow, realizing that your frostbitten flesh has become one with the cold itself. You instinctively slam your fist into your leg to induce blood flow, but as you do, the two frozen extremities collide, and you watch the ring and pinky finger of your left hand shatter into three distinct pieces and slide across the freshly wrought ice scape. Its rearing claws slash forward once more, but rather than feeling your flesh slice, you hear a sickening crack as your entire left leg from your thigh down snaps off and disappears in an arc through the tundric wind. You recognize only the pain, unable to process anything else as shock consumes you. You know you shouldn't be able to break. You shouldn't be able to. You're made of metal, right? The natural panic rings in your ears, underscored by your lucidity. Pain pierces the left side of your torso. Massive teeth spear your flesh. Ripping your left arm from its socket, the dragon tosses you through the air. Your blood paints the sky red. Mid-air, looking down at the ground, you answer your own question. Metal? Oh, of course. That hasn't happened yet. You hear the sound of snow being impacted by whatever is left of you and your body meets the ground. Shadow, you find yourself coming out of this almost dream because Arno is shaking your shoulder. You hear, Shadow, Shadow. He just shakes your shoulder. Uh, what, 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 what? I, I hear crying from inside. In, inside where? Inside the house. And he points oh. inside through the window. Her, as you got up in the middle of the night, you needed to excuse yourself to use the restroom, and after returning, you heard every word that Arno said through the window. You eavesdropped on Ooh. his and Shadow's conversation, and with every sentence, your heart dropped a little bit more. He misses his friend. And especially in your short amount of time, you've never heard a person quite so succinctly distraught. 867 is standing there next to you, and he just looks down at you and says, Why are you crying? Uh, I'm not... Would it... 867, would it be better if I were Lyra? Who hurt you? I am here to defend. And he no. turns around and looks around the room. No, it's not like that. It's... Everybody seems so distraught because I'm not Lyra. I'm not her. I mean, I'm... I'm not Lyra, and that makes people sad, and I don't know what to do. I can't fix it. I'm just me, and... Why couldn't Lyra just have come back? I don't understand. He looks people. He looks down at you and he says, "You are leaking. Can I repair you?" I don't I don't think so, buddy. Um she like wipes the tears out of her eyes and she just says, can you bring Lyra back? I do not have any desire for Lyra to be here. <laughs> I do desire to see you safe. Seems like everybody else does. She, like, I am sits down. I am unclear on what you define as everybody else. I am part of the everybody else, but I do not desire Lyra. Therefore, your statement is incorrect. I, I heard on a crying over the fact that every time he looked at me, he saw Lyra. And that he wishes Lyra was back. And I shall find him and bring him to justice. No, he 867, please, no. Just stay, please. He kind of, like, looks around and doesn't really know how to process the situation. And he kind of just stands there in the corner. You can, you can go if you want. No, I am here to protect. 
Is there a mirror in the room anywhere? Yeah, in the um, in the washroom that's connected to the main bedroom, um, there is a large full-length mirror right um, beyond the wash basin. Go up to it. Just, like, give myself a once-over. I don't... Every time I look at myself, I don't know if I'm supposed to be seeing me or someone else. I, 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 I don't... Arno stands up with you, Shadow, um, and he starts walking, limping around the side of the building to go with you uh, to the front door. Or to the side door, yeah. Um, after getting my bearings and uh, pulling myself up off the ground, um, I would uh, kind of jog up next to him and just, if someone's hurt or if someone's in danger, I'd come here. And then I would, like, hold my arm out to mm-hmm. bring him in and, like, pull him closer so that we could get into the house faster. Okay, yeah, he'll he'll move over to you. Um, he seems, like, a little gruntled. He doesn't like being, like, carried necessarily, sure. but his desire to help seems to be, out, like, outweighing that uncomfortability. Sure. Um, you both make your way swiftly into the house, um, her, you hear clomping, doom, 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 come in from the side door. Um, oh, and Arno throws open the bedroom door, and he says, What's what's wrong? Are you all right? And he turns to you, Shadow, and he looks at you with this confused face, not seeing anyone in the room. 867, did anything happen? An unknown assailant has made her cry. I... I'd look at her. What's... Did you have a bad dream? What's what's wrong? She's not looking or making eye contact with anybody. She's just kind of like sitting on the bed with her arms around her legs and she's hugging them to her chest. She just says, I feel like I'm in a bad dream. Everybody wants to see Lyra, but I'm not anymore. I don't know why so many people want to see her again. I'm not. I can't. I can't be her. I can't. Val, you wake up to the sound of stomping as it goes through the house. Um, You hear swift movement outside your door. Uh, I draw a card. Okay, you draw one out. (laughs) Quickly. But you hear kind of just like soft conversation happening after that. Like it's quiffed stomp, quiffed stomping, swift (laughs) stomping, uh, and uh, you you move your way over to the door. I quiffedly move your way. You quiffedly move your way. (laughs) And gently kind of open it up a little bit and just listen for a second. The door opens and and you listen in. Why do you all have to be in here? I thought... Would it just be better if Lyra was here and I wasn't? Because it seems like everybody wants to see Lyra and I'm not her. I'm me. And who I am doesn't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like me being here is causing people more pain than it needs to. But don't know how to handle that. I mean, look at me. I'm a person in someone else's body. It's not even mine. I don't... Arno kind of looks at you with these like cold almost like realizational eyes and he his jaw goes ever so slightly slack and he grabs his staff he looks down at his feet and he exits the room. Her visibly crumples. She just puts her head in her hands and just... You hear a as stuck into the back wall you see a card affix into the wood paneling. I look around for Val. Uh, roll me a perception check. Okay. 
That one. That one. Yeah. You definitely, you look around, you don't see him anywhere, and the card is just stuck into the wood paneling. I guess I go grab it. You go over to grab it, and the card reads on it, Lyra sucks, and you don't suck. Val, where are you? Come here. <laughs> Shit. Uh, he kind of... <laughs> you, you audibly hear from behind his door, Shit. <laughs> and then just this slow creak as he kind of opens it and waves a little bit and slowly walks in awkwardly like he doesn't know how to handle these kinds of situations at all. Yeah. She just like scoots up to the edge of the bed and chucks the card back at you. Eight, just six, says, seven. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. She just says, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but I mean, Please don't make fun of Lyra. She was someone people cared about. The card, as you try and throw it back, just goes and falls to the ground, as there is obviously no style in trying to throw this. He picks it up, and you watch as he just, like, as he's holding it, he kind of focuses on it, and it just bursts into this purple flame and just slowly burns away. And then he opens a box and pulls out the same card with no writing on it. And then... Slides it back. Slides it back into the deck. 867 goes over to you, Shadow, and he whispers in your ear. He says, Is Arno the culprit for this attack? No, he's not. It's something that's hard to understand, and it's emotion. And I know that's a, a hard medium for you to understand, and it's, it's a hard thing because I haven't had to deal with it in a long time but you've done good. And I give like a mini salute to him and then pat him on the shoulder. Um, and then I would uh, walk over to her, um, not sitting on the bed. Um, Thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> kneeling down um, to you or next to you on the bed. Or not on the bed, on the floor next to the bed. Adjacent yes, bed. yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, looking down at the mattress, just you don't need to be anything else than what you want to be. That's something that I should have been told a long time ago. And I'm still trying to learn from it. Because all I've been doing is what others want me to do. And I've still been paying for it to this day. And then looking up at you. I'm here to protect you. And you as well, looking over at Val. And so was he, pointing over to 867. And whatever that may mean, there is going to be pain along the way. But that's why I'm made out of this metal carapace. So I can endure it. I think you're pretty cool. All things considered. Um, I don't... I mean, I, I, I'm I, still... <laughs> um, the, the realization that I'm just... someone trapped in the body of a dead girl is hard to come to grips with. Especially because the people that loved her are very obviously still here. And they very obviously still love her, and I'm just... bastardization of the person that this body was. And I don't know what to do, because it feels like there's something that people want from Lyra, but she's not here anymore. It's not your responsibility 
I'm walking around in a dead girl's body. I, it, it feels just... It feels wrong. I feel like I should be doing something to make up for it, but... This is just the way that I am. I feel like the way that I am is just wrong. It's wrong. I don't know. I would, uh... Sorry. Sorry. Get up and... move to the window to see if I can see if Arno has left. Um, okay. Go ahead and make me perception check. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Twelve. Twelve. You look around outside the window, and as you do, you see a couple people, some night owls walking by, um, uh, seemingly mildly drunk, but um, like as you. you as you peer outside the window, you don't see Arno out there. Okay. However, you do tune in your hearing a little bit more and you hear some mild pacing coming from the kitchen. Um, specifically some metered pacing that is very much staff, foot, foot staff, foot, foot staff, in a kind of um, staggered meter. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll be, I'll be back. Um, you take care of her for a second. I'll be... I'll, I'll return. Val, Going not, to the kitchen. not making any eye contact, just kind of nods solemnly. Okay. Um, and then I would go... Shuffling. ...to the kitchen or make my way cautiously there. Every yeah. I'm shuffling. Um, you saw... You saw... Um, <laughs> as you go there, uh, the, the fireplace has been lit and um, Arno seemingly magically igniting it. He has been pacing behind those two blue chairs, just kind of leaning on his staff, pulling himself across this floor. Um, he's just kind of like got his head hung down. His hair has kind of fallen in front of his forehead and his eyes. So are you contemplating leaving then? I don't know what I'm contemplating. I... I just know I'm contemplating that I... I don't even know how to... express what I'm feeling correctly. I, um... I feel like it's not her fault that she's here. But it's... it's not my fault that I'm feeling lost when I look at her. It's no one's fault, but everyone feels bad. There's not many good ways to resolve that. It almost feels like there's an ocean of uncomfortability, and I'm not very good at swimming. Me either. I, uh, I do think that It is more or less another chance, if you would perceive it that way. What do you mean? It's just another chance to go through that again. If there there was anything that was left unsaid. I don't want to. I don't I don't want to have a conversation with her and and go in there and try and have another chance at having a relationship with Lyra, because that's not fair to her. She's not. I, I feel like if I even think about that, then it's disingenuous to what she needs. Do you understand? Yes. Shadow. Why is a person like you 
full garb, full rank, armed to the teeth, defending a woman who you don't even barely know. How do you know my rank? I'm just saying, you're a big Levitican soldier, I don't know your rank. I mean, I just said it because I'm sure that <laughs> I've never seen a Levitican soldier before, let alone one who's defending someone I don't know. Or I do know, I did know, but now I don't. Do you understand? Like, what are, what are, you, what are you in this for? If I'm being completely honest with you, Arno, it started as a job, and it's turned into much more. And I pace over to next to him, next to the fire, staring into the fire. Um, I'm similar to her some ways she is a person inhabiting a dead person's body and I am a dead man inhabiting a suit of armor Arna's eyes kind of go wide and he says wait you're telling me that's not just a suit of armor there's nothing in there I'm... There's nothing inside here. It's magics and energy. At least as far as I know. I have memories. I have dreams. I have things that make me who I am. But it's... I want to feel again. He kind of just stands there with you for a moment. And he sits in this kind of solemn silence with you. Val. Uh, Val, not lifting his eyes, not looking at her, just slowly walks over and sits on the bed next to her and says, Um, I, I did mean what I said about Lyra, though. Not in a sucks kind of way. Um, I... I was pretty sheltered growing up. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends, if any. Um, so this whole kind of thing is new to me. So I... You keep saying everyone wishes Lyra were here. I I don't. I would be much more sad if Lyra were here than you. And he just, for the first time, looks at you and kind of gives you a, a small smile and says, he kind of reaches out and pats your head twice. She grabs your hand with both of her hands uh -oh. and puts your hand down and wraps both of her arms around your arm. Just leans on you. And he says, plus, you've got to cheer up because you've got the good bed. So like, <laughs> you know, pros and cons. so stupid. <laughs> Thank you for being one of my first best friends. He doesn't say anything else. Just sits and as she's holding his his, uh, his arm, he just starts doing card tricks. Okay. Just various shuffles and cardistry. Okay. Arno responds back to you, Shadow, back in the kitchen next to the living room. And he says... Perhaps this is a moment where we can both try and feel again, but from different perspectives. Perhaps we can help each other. Like he puts a, a hand on your shoulder. Like a lighthouse in a ship. Perhaps. Although I'm unsure whether we're the ship and the lighthouse, or whether we're just the ship and Lyra and Val are the lighthouse, or what, but... I'm sure we'll find out along the way. You'd see, uh, or Arno would see a slight shifting in his armor where, he, like, a chuckle would emanate from, like, <laughs> the depths yeah. of the suit and just, like, <laughs> yes. 
This, uh, it's interesting to feel this again. It's been some time. Thank you. Shadow, I... We may not be able to get our old friends back. That doesn't mean that we always have to be thinking about what we're missing. They'd be upset if we didn't move on. If we didn't find people that made us happy in the future. Enough of this. Let's come. Let's go back and meet meet up with our friends. Um, And he starts kind of hobbling back through the hallway towards the bedroom. Val and her. You see Arno and Shadow re-enter into the double doors to the um, the main bedroom. Her sees Arno, she just presses a little closer to Val to like, hide a little. Um, he looks at you and he says, Look, my new friend, I'm sorry for what you heard. I'm sure that it can't be easy for you. But I'm sure that you can understand it hard for me as well. And it's not your fault. It's not my fault. But we can... We can figure it out together. As long as we're not afraid to look into the abyss. I probably wasn't supposed to hear it anyways, so... Sometimes the greatest blessings are the ones that we don't want to come. (laughs) Sometimes when I say something that isn't intended for you, perhaps it should have been said to you in the first place. Perhaps we should have talked about that from the beginning. But... And he looks around at all of you and he says, If I have anything here, at least I know that we won't be dealing with it alone. You guys are pretty cool. Except for Val. You're stupid. True. (laughs) She punches you in the arm a little bit. Ow. I know that I don't necessarily operate on any sort of organic timeline, but it is quite late. Um, Were you all needing rest? I'm still... I think I was entering the end of my watch. I I was actually very tired. Yes. Um, I I shall find a place to sleep. I can go outside again and keep watch out there for all of us. I shall maintain watch in here. 867 responds. Um, Her looks over at Arno and just says, When I look at myself, I see Lyra. And I was wondering if there was a way with that can make it a little easier to disassociate myself from her. I mean, I have her eyes, her nose, her mouth, her voice, her hair, same clothes. I, I want you to feel like yourself. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, there are a few shops in town. Um, there's a place called um, Marie's Makeovers that you may like. Uh, makeover? Yes, um, it's like changing your hair and getting a new outfit and... Getting new eyes? Um, I'm not sure about the eyes. <laughs> getting a new nose? Um, that's, okay, that's a little far outside oh, okay. of, I think, of her expertise. <laughs> I think it's a her. Well, go check that out, I suppose. All right. I can take you there tomorrow if you'd like. You want to get a makeover too? 
I think you could use one. You've got a little bit too much red. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Val kind of raises his hand and says, I will be unable to accompany. I, uh, what? I told Caius I would help him out with some uh, Varro business. Well, tell him I said hi, as Caius. That was... T- wait, what? Sorry? Tell him okay. I said hi, as Caius. All right, I will. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and Ar- Arno leaves. And Val pats her on the head again and gets up and follows with Arno. And as the door begins to close, you hear, so just to be clear, you said it's not your fault and it's not her fault. It's not my fault either, right? Uh, no, it's all your fault. Okay, actually. that's, yes, that's about what Comple- I figured. Completely yep. yours, right. yes, actually. As we continue walking down the hall. You've been voted off the island, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with the finishing of this conversation... All of you return back to your beds and get a little bit more sleep. I would have posted up um, uh, towards one of the uh, the bigger windows in the house, in the front of the house. Yeah. And just kneeling there and sitting there, just hunkered down, like kneeling and just staring out. Yeah. Um, dimming my eyes. Yeah. And then just this inward yeah. monologue of like, have I said too much? Hmm. I think as you're doing that, you rotate back again. You look back towards the fireplace that's still roaring at the back of the house. You can see it from here at the front, um, down the long hallway that goes back to the living room where the living room and kitchen are set up together. You see the fireplace roaring, and in front of it is that large blue chair, and you see the silhouette of Arno sitting in that chair, head nodded to the side stark contrast to the cold grays and blues outside of the night. You feel like a comfortable warmth just staring back at someone who is ready to try and be a friend. And this house, whatever it is, you're not sure if it's forever. You're not sure if it's for tomorrow. But it's just kind of nice to feel warm and welcomed again. And you rest. There are so many great words in the English language. Vision. Inspiration. Temptation. Which word describes me? Which word describes you? I'm Alex Schulte, and I host the podcast called One Word Stories. I want to take local Cedaripidians and other Eastern Iowans and find out what word describes them right now and go back in their lives and find out how we got here. This show comes out every single Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even Google Podcasts. Oh, and if you want more, there's an exclusive post show after every single episode on LAS+. That's like one word stories plus 15 minutes. If you want to subscribe to LAS+, go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash plus. You'll get access to ad-free episodes of One Word Stories and every other LAS show, bonus content like One Word Stories post-show, and a whole bunch more. One Word Stories. What's your word? L-A-S. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Hey, I'm Sarah Van Cleve, a biracial single mom adoptee raised by an all-white family. And I'm Caleb Scales, a proud gay man, restaurant savant, who will make the best flipping margarita you've ever had. And this is Othered, a podcast for those who feel different. Each episode, we'll be having conversations about racism, homophobia, holistic health, drinking, sex, drugs, yoga, 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 yoga. 
yogurt. <laughs> this podcast comes out every Thursday for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you want bonus episodes, ad-free listening, discounts at our live events, and exclusive access to merch, then subscribe to LAS Plus. Go to LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus to get started. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Sarah. I'm so excited that I get to do this with you, Kayla. Oh my God, I love that for us. I feel like I'm trying too hard now. You are, but I like it. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Caleb. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> L-A-S. Y'all wake up to the sound of a gentle knock at the front door. 867 jumps into action, and he says... Battle stations. I have heard someone trying to breach the doorway. And he walks over to the, the door. He opens it up. And he, I, I've been saying crab walk as I mean he just like is sideways walking. But apparently Alex has given me information that other people think of crab walking as people down on all fours walking uh, like a crab. Oh. Which I did not think of. Another great shirt I wish <laughs> could. I mean, Valdo he's SoCal. not literally doing that. He's just walking sideways. So he walks sideways through the door. Uh, and he proceeds to uh, jolt towards the front of the building. Uh, Shadow, you immediately wake up to the sound of this, and 867 holds out a sword towards the front door. Um, it's... uh, Okay. Stand there. And I walk up. I pull myself up. Yep. And then walk up to the front door. Um, is there like a way for me to peer outside? Solid or, wooden door. Solid, okay, I didn't yeah. know if there's a window next to it or anything. There, there is a, a couple windows to the right side. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you can uh, go up to those windows. You look outside. Um, standing a little further away is kind of this shadowy figure in the, the early morning. Uh oh. Spaghetti yours. <sighs> um, Maybe a, like 10 feet off the deck. 867, you can sheath your sword. Sheaths his sword and reveals a dagger. (laughs) (laughs) Always keep it chapter. Ask for a shorter blade, just that you do not have to be ready to fight. He puts the dagger back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would uh, slowly open the door, just a, a crack. Can I help you? You hear this. You, you kind of like let out this booming, can I help you? And you hear a, a swift jump back and you just hear, whoa, hey there, uh, sorry, uh, Valros home. Oh yeah, and, and you, uh, seemed like you two had a my bit of in, uh, investment in the situation with the Gildan Guards. Mind if I speak to you for a moment? And you see, standing in front of you, Caius, uh, oh. the same dark elf that you met at the front gate. Oh, okay. Um, I would just, uh, what... One minute, and then I'd slightly close the door, and then look up and around at the house, and just value. You have a visitor. Mm, I what you hear from? Local teenager just woke up. Doors away. <laughs> I would uh, I would thump on one of the supports of the house with my fist, and just like you hear this reverberating. Oh, you you hear? Oh shit! And then like the sound of somebody like swiftly trying to get out of bed and falling yeah. and just like <laughs> getting up, uh, throws on the, the vest and just comes sprinting out. Fantastic. Um, and with that, I would uh, I would open the door and then uh, invite Caius in. Caius is standing there with a huge mug of coffee in his hands and he just seems to be sipping. His eyes are kind of drooping and he looks super tired. Um, however, standing maybe about 10 feet back off the deck is Orion kind of just pacing back and forth in front of the deck. Um, he says, uh, yeah, uh, can you come in too? And he points back at Orion. Oh, um, of, of course. Yes. He looks back and he says, Ori, Come on. And Orion just says, don't you fucking call me that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not for you. And he, Caius just says, whatever, come on. And they both walk into the, the house. Um, Val, Shadow, and 867, you stand in the front, um, the front kind of like living room. There's like two different ones in this house, um, one at the front. Um, 
I guess it's a dining room. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? It's a room. Uh, it's a room with a couple chairs and a coffee table. Nice. Yes. My and, favorite. And uh, you you are there, and Caius mentions towards the both of you uh, a couple words, and he says, Right. I uh, I drew up a warrant for Arsenio. Uh, I know y'all are kind of working with the Vero on a lot of things, so I thought I would keep uh, keep y'all in the, like, that loop, too. And uh, Val, I thought I'll bring you along, show you some of the dirty work that your daddy refused to do. <laughs> Val chuckles and Regan's kind of cracking his neck and stretching. He's like, "All right, yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me." And Orion responds to, uh, and he says, "Yeah, and, and we'll be happy just to see the smug look on that piece of shite's face when it's, uh, you know, it, it's not a bonus listed on the warrant, but it's a fantastic prize as well." Uh, no, no, Nefreya today. Not today, no. Um, not really uh, needed for the muscle, truthfully. Okay. Um, she's got a couple of people that work as muscle, but she's got bigger things to f- do right now. All right. Um, Arno, you can see him from further back, kind of stands up, and he turns around, and he just says, Orion, and he hobbles up with you guys, and he says, Continuing today. And Orion responds back with a little bit of work to do. Yeah? You all seem, you all feel like coming? And he motions towards Shadow and Val. I mean, I'm coming, for sure. Uh, yes. Um, wait. I do have to go um, attend to her. Oh, all right. Um, I guess it's just the four of us then. And he motions towards Val and himself, and Caius, and Arno. Her. Her pokes her head in. Sees Caius. Sees Orion. Immediately pokes her head back out. Okay. You hear footsteps running away, just... Okay, okay. sounds good. Hearing the footsteps, uh, <laughs> Val goes, I'm supposed to tell you highest, Caius. <laughs> you just hear a little, yes! <laughs> Caius just goes, uh, he- he- hello, was oh, that was, that was from her. I should oh, I should have yeah. stated. Um, all right, my bad. Uh, I understand now. Uh, you can relay that that was funny. <laughs> I will relay. You just hear us off. Yes. <laughs> you all stand there, kind of, God, for a moment, and he it. just goes. Well, we should probably get going. <laughs> probably want to get all this done as early as we can so that we can uh, make sure that we got the rest of the day to deal with everything else. Um, I would just nod to all of them. Well, um, have fun in your journeys and luck be with you. And right. then uh, I would make my way to where her is in the house. Okay. As Val walks out the door, he just goes, it will be. <laughs> Arno taps you on the shin with his staff as you pass by uh, and he, uh, Shadow, and he says good luck um, have fun try and loosen up a little I'll try I just mainly want to uh, help her loosen up help yourself a little as well alright and he smiles at you um, and he walks out the door Val, as you are walking through the market, or not necessarily through just the market, but the entirety of the city of Ebonvale, many things pass by you. You are um, greeted with the sight of a lot of people groggily either returning from work really late or just getting up in the morning to go get ready for work. People have to sell produce super early in the morning, and so they're getting ready to do so. As you're walking towards the house of the Gilden Guards, you look around. Um, roll me a perception check. Ah, that's a wonderful nine. Nine. <laughs> okay. Uh, you are passing by, and in this darkness, you kind of bump into someone. And you just hear this, oh. And you look down and you see uh, a little goblin woman picking up potatoes off the ground. She says, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean um, to. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I helped her pick them up. Um, you 
grab them all and place them back in the basket, and you realize that this is Mimi, the same woman that was there at the front gate when you first got into Evanvale. Um, You see, again, she's in that yellow dress, um, and she has uh, kind of this wide um, straw hat that she's wearing today. And she looks up at all of you, and she says, I'm just gathering this... um, this food for Harvest Tide, and I, I didn't mean to—I didn't mean to bump into you. Uh, and she says, "Oh, uh, Caius, uh, good, good to see you." And Caius looks down. And he says, well, "Hello, Mimi. Good to see you too. Um, nice day." And she says, "I guess so." And she looks up at Arno and Orion, and she kind of like shrinks back a little bit, and. She asks Caius, Um, who are your friends? And Caius responds, Well, this is uh, Val Ross, and he's one of my good, good friends. I wave eagerly. (laughs) And uh, you do so, and she kind of like smiles and and, uh, aims back up towards you. And with your introduction going by, he kind of, fades into the one for both Arno and for Orion <laughs> with a little bit of tenseness and he says and this is uh, Arno and Orion and she kind of looks at them with this odd disconcerted face and he kneels down next to her and he says I'm trying to do some convincing and she looks back up towards him and he, and she says oh I understand and she looks back at the both of them and waves uh, and she says, well, I, I hope you all have a good day. Um, I'll perhaps I'll see you all later. Have a happy harvest tide. You too. And she walks away. As we continue walking, I just lean over to Kais and go, the fuck is a harvest tide? <laughs> he looks over to you and he says, your family never celebrated harvest tide. No. The, the, the vacation day, you know. Right after this month. Oh, I just thought they didn't go to work. I didn't know what? it was like a thing. No, you're supposed to eat a lot of food. I mean, I do that all the time. Oh, well. Well, okay, did that a, all the time. It's like a celebration day. And it's a, it's a nice little break, an excuse to get together with friends and family. To be fair, every day was a celebration day for me. So. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, you, you did live a, a pretty lovely life yeah. for a little while there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, cha- we'll change that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he asks you, well, what do you think about the Vero having all these homes? Orion and Arno kind of like Arno looks down. Orion just stares straight ahead. I mean, I don't know. They've acquired them legally, yes. Yeah. Then, I guess it's their property to do whatever the fuck they want with it. Orion pipes up and he says, "I actually think it's quite ridiculous that they uh, that that we're keeping them untenanted." But I mean, I agree. I think there's a lot of money in that. You know, um, I don't make the jobs, so. Not really, not really my purview. I guess I don't know. What are you all doing with them? Like, why? Why the houses? Arno just returns back with, we don't ask questions, and we get paid a lot to not ask them. Well, I don't get paid really anything, so I'm going to ask all the questions. Well, I can answer you with, we don't know. Oh, okay. And Orion just says, I'm not at liberty to tell you. Oh, but you do know. I'm not at liberty to tell you. Who's your boss? I'm not at liberty to tell you. <laughs> As we keep walking, he just keeps asking him, like, what are you doing with the houses? Who's your boss? How long God have you again. been with the Vero? He continually tells you, like, more ridiculous things, and eventually he just starts <laughs> listing off how to make different baked goods. Like, at, at a certain point, he's just telling you the recipe for an apple pie, and you're like, who's your boss? And he just says... Apple pie is a great treat for Horus Making a note here, apple pie in charge of Varro. Yes. (laughs) Need more houses for more apple pies. Uh And over time, you make it over to the Guildenguard's house. And you arrive back there, and it's much the same as last time. Yet this time, the sun shines a little bit brighter. The day is clear and new. And Caius looks up towards the door. And he says, Well, guess it's now or never. And he knocks on the door.
The LAS Podcast Network. Always local, always authentic, always surprising. To learn more, visit LAS Podcast Network.com. LAS.